0: Hey folks, I'm Tom. KJ here. You've heard this before, but we're new and improved now, and so is the Dunlap Champions Club. It's back for another year, you know that. By now, if you have not been in there, I don't know what you've been doing, but we will remind you, this is always the best time to test drive. If you want to check it out, we have the spring game coming up April 18th, followed by a concert. Uh, good pricing to get in and see what you've been missing. A reserved chair-back seat, access to indoor air-conditioned
1: areas, always a good thing, all-inclusive food and soft drinks starting two hours before kickoff,
0: access, I love this part, to adult beverages and more. Funny that you would be the one to bring that up. Uh, the home schedule this year, obviously, when we get to the, the fall portion, uh, the, the meat of the actual football season, I guess I should say, Clemson and Florida are on the docket, Pitt coming to town for basically the first time since, uh, since KJ played. Well, I guess shortly after you... Uh, should we say retired finished I, I wish finished that's good finished anyway uh, as far as the spring game goes again five o'clock kick on april 18th and if you're a, a booster member already a, a ticket holder in the dunlap champions club it's just 60 bucks to get in for that uh if not 80 dollars but either way uh, particularly if you're general public and have not sampled the dunlap Champions club champions club it's the best way to do it you can schedule a private tour as well. So if you don't want to, if you want to buy after
1: seeing, you can go in, take a good look, walk around, see what's going on. It's a big place, twenty thousand square feet of space, uh, can handle up to five hundred folks. If you've got other plans for
0: other types of events that you want to schedule, it's worth the visit. Six four four eighteen thirty is the number to call. And now, without further ado, front row Knowles. Good day, everybody. Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Tom and KJ coming your way. Keith, uh, good. Well, I can't say good to see you. Good to hear you. How you doing?
1: It's very good to hear you as well. I'm trying to recall the last time. Well, I guess it was two weeks ago when we were at the uh, Prime Meridian Bank uh, Annex Studio, otherwise known as the Block Driveway, <laughs> when we actually laid eyes on each other.
0: The only thing that's normal about this, Keith, is usually in the month of March, I don't see much of you anyway because you're on the road with FSU basketball, generally in the state of California. And,
1: and, uh, and unfortunately, this year it would have been Tampa and Houston if things went as uh, planned. So, uh, I, I, gosh, should I say I'm missing my annual trip to California? No, I'm not saying that. I do not miss my annual trip to California.
0: Beating a dead horse, and we've already been down this road, you would be headed to Atlanta today or tomorrow for the final four had we continued to play the basketball season. So anyway, that is we, true. That is true. We won't go down that road. The big news this week in college athletics is that spring sport athletes are going to get an extra year of eligibility. I don't know if it's an extra year. They're going to get the year back that they lost this year. So they played what 15% of their season and they'll get a hundred percent back next year. If they choose to come back, if they're seniors or if they're underclassmen, They'll basically repeat the same eligibility year next year were you surprised i think the
1: i think the i think the young people call it a do over is that
0: the, the phrase it's a mulligan it's a do over were you surprised that the nca apparently got this right
1: i was uh, i had anticipated that they would grant an extra year of eligibility for the seniors those that were in the senior class i hoped that they would consider this a do-over year for the juniors and sophomores and freshmen, but I didn't expect them to. Uh, but lo and behold, they did. Obviously, there are some issues related to uh, roster sizes and scholarships that we know a little bit of the answer to, but not all of the answer. That'll have to be worked out. But yes, I, I'm glad that they did it in a way that everybody, not just the seniors, but everybody, uh, gets the the do-over year, as it were.
0: So first, related to the NCAA, Keith, it feels like we're in a new era. They were out in front and canceled everything when it seemed like that was being too ambitious and maybe they should just go two weeks or a month at a time. And now, behold, they've gotten this right, too. So they're basically two for their last two, I think. I don't think
1: that makes up for the 0 for a 100 prior, but we'll give them credit for a good start.
0: (laughs) we're going to talk with one of Florida State's head coaches later on in the program and we'll get into the questions and he the answers are not all going to be there right now but there definitely will be some interesting questions and I just think it's a really delicate line so you've got a handful of seniors potentially coming back say you've got a handful of seniors on your roster well to be candid you may not want all of them to come back now I don't know how you have that conversation (laughs) But the, the NCAA did allow that you can reduce, in the case of baseball, the amount of scholarship that you're awarding. So that's certainly one way to force somebody's hand. Hopefully it doesn't get too ugly behind the scenes like that, and hopefully it shakes out a little bit. We've talked about it previously. I do think that you're not going to be looking at 100% of seniors that are going to want to come back and play. Maybe it's 50%, maybe it's lower than that, and that will make that a little bit easier. But part of this is going to get uncomfortable.
1: There is also the complicating factor with the sport of baseball, what Major League Baseball has done in reducing the number of rounds in the draft and reducing the potential signing bonuses that would basically discourage anybody that's not drafted Uh, right now projected for five rounds, possibly as many as 10. But if you go undrafted as a senior baseball player, your maximum bonus is capped at $20,000. And candidly, you'd probably be better off coming back to college. Maybe that doesn't affect Florida State specifically, given the uh, seniors and where they're at. But certainly with as many schools as there are, that's going to have an impact uh, more places than you might think and uh, how kids look at their future.
0: Well, I think that's the whole thing. And that's not just seniors. That's draft-eligible underclassmen, too. Who?
1: Yes, thank you. You are correct. That is correct. Mm-hmm
0: in previous years, you might've been a sixth round or a 10th round or whatever, but you might've gotten six figures well into six figures. And it might've been enough to sway your decision to go ahead and leave. But now if you're not in those top five rounds and you're capping out at 20, you definitely would want to come back. So th- this again is where it gets uncomfortable. So you've got to, we'll talk baseball and we are going to talk with Mike Martin, Jr. coming up in the program. And he won't get as specific necessarily as what we're throwing out here because he can't, but he's got six seniors. So all six could opt to come back for another year. Now, in terms of the extra scholarships, the NCAA is going to allow room to go over the 11.7 cap to get to whatever number that is to accommodate those six seniors if they all came back. Funding the extra scholarship dollars, that's something FSU is going to have to solve in every institution. But what about underclassmen? If they all came back too, again, you could find room on your roster, but it really impacts the guys that you've been recruiting. Mike Martin Jr., when he took over, he sort of pieced together his first class but really was pointing to his second class because he would have a full staff and could get that together. And you start piecing that together, looking at where you're going to have spots in your rotation and in your bullpen and in the everyday lineup. And now if all these guys come back, what happens to the guys that had already committed and been in the fold? I mean, that's where – there's still only nine positions on the field no matter how many guys come back.
1: Correct. And by some accounts, and I don't know how uh, in-depth Meek can get into this, but I read one report that there were as many as 18 potential signees and quote-unquote preferred walk-ons that he was kind of excited about joining the program. So you got six seniors. They may all come back or a number of them come back. You've got as many as 18 newcomers. And you in baseball, which my understanding, you correct me if you know, but baseball is the only sport that has a roster limitation where even if you wanted all of those kids subject to what they change relative to the new uh, eligibility, you can't keep all of them. How do you decide which ones to let go? I, I don't know.
0: You're correct. Baseball is the only one of the spring sports that has a roster limit. And the exemption there, you can go over – only for seniors, so I think the limit is 35, so if all six seniors came back, FSU could go to 41, but you can't go over 35 just because you've got more freshmen coming in, in other words, so that's right. That's how they're handling that, and in terms of the funding of the scholarships, the NCAA has long had a student emergency fund, for lack of a better term, student assistance fund, student athlete assistance fund, something like that, and this is for when a family member dies and you need a trip home in the middle of the semester that's above and beyond what is normally provided or some other situation like that. And as far as Florida state goes, it's been my understanding that historically that has really been underutilized in terms of how much Florida state has spent out of that and how much is available. Now, what does underutilized equate to in terms of if you start having to fund scholarships for every senior in your spring sport that comes back, I don't know the dollars on that, so I don't know. I can't suggest that there's enough there to cover it, but at least it's something to get you there without having to find another revenue source. Plus, what,
1: what's the maximum that might be there? Is there a difference between schools? Let's pick the ACC. If, if North Carolina has a million dollars in that fund and Florida State has $100,000 in that fund, how do you reconcile that? Uh, I mean, there's there's a number of issues that uh, I, you and I just don't know because we're not in it every day. But I see potential. I won't call them problems, but I see potential, you know, nuances and 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 issues that are going to have to be worked through or at least discussed uh, as you move forward.
0: Yeah, and to be clear, I don't even know if it's a dollar amount per school or if it's just one fund. And when a school has an emergency situation, they fill out the paperwork and the NCAA says, "Here you go. Here's." 512 bucks to fly Johnny home for the funeral services, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know either. Yeah, we're pontificating uh, or discussing things that we don't know the details on. But those in college athletics, these are important questions, and they'll have to deal with them over the next – it's not just getting ready for this year. It really is going to be the next two or three years that there's ramifications from the decision this past week. All that said, the NCAA did get the decision right. And there's lots of decisions that are made in any business or any sport. And it's up to the rest of us or those involved to figure out how to make it work. So the powers that be, will figure out how to make it work. They do give the student athletes an opportunity here. And I think we're in agreement that that was, that was the right thing. And it's, it's a good problem to have now in terms of solving issues.
1: Well, and and make a note uh, in the weeks to come, we need to make sure to circle back and visit because I do know, there were some monies allocated in the CARES uh, passage bill that was passed and signed by the president on Friday for higher education. And in theory, that would go to universities or colleges, however it's doled out for educational stuff. But given the finances at the athletic side, you know, does the school have any flexibility to tap some of those funds for athletics? Those are questions on down the road that
0: nobody knows the answer to. Exactly right. One thing that uh, is an answer to whatever the question is, is for the table hospitality, Madison Social, they continue to run all kinds of specials for takeout orders. Uh, You can go to Soto and get your meal for four that's uh, already put together, not cooked. You just uh, pick it up. Don't have to uh, come within six feet of anybody. Pop your trunk. They'll drop it in there for you. Go home. You got yourself a meal without having to do the home cooking yourself. So uh, we thank Madison Social, Matt Thompson, and the crew. Certainly tough times, uh, in light of the circumstances as we've discussed the last couple of weeks. But we appreciate them continuing to support the program, and hopefully, Lord willing, KJ, uh, we'll get back on our feet again as a as a country, and a community, and as a restaurant or any local business in in coming weeks. But it's I had someone tell <laughs> me on a phone still- call yesterday. I had someone tell me
1: on a phone call yesterday, he says, man, I'm, I'm having a hard time getting used to this new normal. And I cut him off. I said, no, I don't want to get used to this new normal. I want to get back
0: to the old normal. I don't want this to be the new normal. I'm tired of it. Yeah, I agree. It's definitely been a, a different era and one that we could all, uh, we'd be happy to, 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 to turn the page backwards to what normal used to be. We'll take a break right now. We'll continue. We're just getting started on Front Row Knowles. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you, and we will uh, talk with one of Florida State's head coaches right after this. Stay with us on Front Row Knowles.
2: Front Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith.
0: Welcome back to Front Row Knowles. Tom Block, Keith Jones. Actually, I gave uh, KJ this segment off. We're going to talk with uh, Mike Martin, Jr. It's nothing personal against Keith we're just trying to work out this technology and for some reason it seems to be better if there's only two of us on the line instead of three so we're trying it this way and please welcome Mike Martin Jr. to the line and uh me I gotta say you, you could you, you dreamed of being a head coach for an awfully long time I know that and you could have never expected or thought that this is the way your inaugural season would go so I mean your, your dad was at it a lot of years and even he doesn't have the book on how you handle this right now so <laughs> how difficult has it been for you to, to kind of sit around and go through this
3: yeah it's uh i'm just like you know everybody else you try to find things to do to uh, keep your mind going and not think about uh, so much of what's going on obviously be crazy careful and, and staying safe and all that um but you know my house has never been cleaner um you know i'd, I'd get up and exercise and uh, i'll play a little bit of golf i practice the social distancing but we'll keep in touch with our guys we've got a you know group me text with our players and checking in with them to see if you know anybody that they know of or anybody in their family that's uh contracted the you know the virus and you know we'll send out motivational and stuff to them and you know trying to keep them going in the classroom everything's online and it's more difficult online so uh, you've got to we've got to deal with that aspect as well
0: yeah, there's a lot going on. Let's start with your current players, I guess. So you just mentioned, and we think about sports and, you know, there's no games being played right now, but these are student athletes. And so Florida State just back to school via Zoom, basically virtual classes now for the rest of the semester and into the summer. Have you, without naming names, are, how, are, how are your players adapting to that? How tough a transition has it been to, to get everybody equipped to, to handle that as we go through the semester?
3: Yeah, thank goodness. You know they're a lot more <laughs> technologically advanced than we are, our generation. So it's it's really nothing for them to to get on. But the problem is some of them, you know, the structure and the the visual learning and uh, you know the distractions and stuff. When you're in a classroom, you you, you kind of lock in. There's people watching, and you know you're, uh people you know how you behave and you know it's just easier. that's what you've always done and now all of a sudden you know you're sitting in a house or in your um in a room in your house and you know the dog and everything else so so we've had a couple of you know add kids that we've really had to hey look you got to make sure you do this that uh lock in because um they're not going to give you any the NCAA is not going to uh, give any leeway when it comes to eligibility through all this so it's, there's a lot of college coaches that are worried I can promise you that
0: you just mentioned something I want to transfer this to sort of practice or weightlifting, conditioning that sort of thing when you're in a classroom you're a little more locked in you know eyes are on you the same thing is true if you're in the weight room and the strength coach is on there or you have your peers around you that are pushing you for another rep or run a little faster or concentrate a little more so that to me, I mean, you have to really be a self-starter or self-motivated kid right now to be able to work out at the same level as what you were doing in a team environment. I mean, is that fair or correct? Oh, yeah. And, and you know, the thing about it is all the gyms are
3: closed. I mean, some guys at their house, you know, back home, they have some dumbbells, which is great, but, you know, most everybody, you know, doesn't. And, um, so, you know, our strength coach, Jamie Burleson, who does an amazing job with our guys, he came up, and he's creative as heck, uh, he came up with a, you know, a body weight for a daily workout, okay, this day we're doing this. And, you know, the guys uh, just have to use their body weight because
0: you, know, you got to stay strong. and um, You can't let your body deteriorate. And you hope that they have a tee at home so they can take some swings? I mean, uh, you you know as well as anybody that hitting is – all about getting X amount of abs and 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 timing. So the thought of taking six months off, if it comes to that, let alone you know if we're only at two weeks right now, and that's long enough from where you sit. I'm sure.
3: Oh, no question. And
0: yeah, you do. You, you say, look, you know,
3: even if it's hitting off of a tee and you know in your backyard, and you don't use real baseballs, but the hand eye coordination, you, you nailed it. You know, you, that's the reason it's called hand eye coordination is you have to do it over and over and over. And um, when you get away from that and then all of a sudden you try to get back into it, it's, you know, it's not easy. That's why our game's meant to be played every
0: single day. We're talking with Mike Martin, Jr. And, uh, hey, meet one good thing for you, just as an interlude. Uh, I mean, you're batting a 1,000 against the Gators. So if we never play college baseball again, you're in good shape. That'll forever be in the record books.
3: Yeah, that was uh, – somebody sent that to me the other day. I didn't even – of course, you know, I wasn't thinking about it, but – It'll it'll go down, you know, the last game played at McKeithen Stadium, and you know what was the score and who won, and that's about the only you know, cool thing that's happened in recent times when you know you think back of what all transpired. But um, you know it was it was definitely neat to get in there and get a W. But um, and the, the, the thing that really you know obviously I don't want to seem selfish and talk baseball during this. Time, but the fact that we were playing better, you know, we those last three, we started to, you know, pick the ball up defensively, and we're kind of starting our our groove, if you will. And um, you know, again, we'll we'll get back to it when the time's right. We just um, we got to be
0: smart. Talking with Mike Martin Jr. here on Front Row Knowles. Meet the big news earlier this week from the NCAA was handed down that spring sport student athletes are going to get an extra year of eligibility and that's not just seniors that's across the board and that leads to lots of questions and Keith and I posed as we typically do we threw out lots of questions without knowing any answers I don't know that you know answers now or in position to even comment on this because I think every athletic department Florida State included has to figure out what this looks like in terms of how do you pay for the extra scholarships how do you determine which kids want to come back, how does it affect recruiting if there's kids out there that thought they might come in and get to play, but now a senior's going to stay for another year. There's a lot, of, there's a lot out there based on that decision earlier this week.
3: Yeah, there is, Tom. There's a ton of things that have to be figured out. Um, you know, the one-time transfer rule, what's that, they're going to allow that now. Uh, you know, what's that going to look like? Can they just go wherever they want to go? Um, you know, there's a lot to sift through, um, a lot of things that I can't answer. I don't want to just sit here and say, I don't know, I don't know, because nobody does know. There's a few more things that they have to rule on and give us some clarity before it's even worth talking about. Um, you know, I do think it was the right decision to uh, not just do it for seniors but for, for you know, all the kids. But, uh, again, I just – I don't I don't know what it's going to look like, and I'm sorry, but uh, it's just there's so much to, to figure out first.
0: Has there been recruiting implications at this point, or is is everybody still in the well? We we can we can wait for now because we realize you don't have these answers yet.
3: Yeah, I, again, I get calls constantly throughout the day. You know, what if this happens? What what's going to happen here? If this happens, what's going to happen here? I mean, are we even going to have a June draft? <laughs> you know, like, they're trying. They're saying sometime in July, but we don't know that that's actually going to you know happen and take place. So. Um, you know, and it all goes back to that. And then once, okay, they are going to have, how many rounds are they going to have? All right. Well, that takes these kids that you're planning on bringing in, well, they're going to be gone. They'll, they do a 10 round draft. This kid will go anywhere from five to 10. So you, you know, cross him off. All right. Now I got to find somebody to try and replace him. And how do I do that? If I go and get a grad transfer, all right, if that grad transfer comes in, how's that going <laughs> to work? You know, is a one-time transfer rule for everybody. You know, do they count? Because they've come out and said that, you know, the seniors do not do not count and you're eleven point seven or you're twenty seven guys on scholarship. So what happens if it's grad transfer transfers in? Is he treated like one of your roster guys or is he treated like everybody else? So there's there's a lot of things they gotta figure out.
0: So I, I haven't looked at this this closely, but this is your world, meet. So related to the draft, is, is the whole thought on cutting it from – I mean, at one point it was 60 rounds. So now they're talking about going to maybe five or ten for this circumstance. Is that just because they haven't had enough time to evaluate in person and so they don't want to get on the hook for somebody in the 27th round and that's why they've they've considered this route, I guess?
3: Yeah, it's it's basically – They're only going to take guys. They're only going to be comfortable taking guys that are slam dunks, you know, because the sample size and the data is just we didn't play enough, especially for hitters. You know, you you can evaluate, you know, whomever, but you got to it's got to be a long period of time before, as an owner, you're like, yeah, I'm willing to dump a million dollars into this guy. It's not going to be, you know, based upon 17 games. Um, And then you start talking about the high school kids. Those are the ones that I think. I think it's going to be a college-heavy draft because of the fact that they've got, you know, basically two or three years of data from college at, at a very high level versus, you know, the last how many ever months of a high school season when you've only seen the guys a couple of times and and they don't have all the data that's out there, you know, the, for the college guys. So I think it'll be college-heavy draft.
0: Well, one good thing in light of the NCAA's ruling earlier this week is at least the draft eligible guys have a little more leverage now since, since the dollars they're staring at if they don't get picked in the first five rounds is significantly less than what it would have been in previous years. Let me, let me, well, one last thing about the draft meet, and this is, a, this is a down the road when we're past COVID-19, but the draft has always fallen at an awkward time, I'm sure for you as a coach, because it's right in the middle of the postseason when guys are distracted at an important time. So might this be an avenue to say, hey, going forward, why don't we work to put this draft date at a time that's not in the middle of the Super Regionals and College World Series, or is that just a college guy speaking and the pros are going to have no appetite for that?
3: Well, it'll be interesting because, again, the whole money situation, they wanted to have it early so they could get the guys out and put in these short-season teams. Well, now you know. You look at you know what the MLB commissioner is talking about is getting rid of a bunch of teams. So if you get rid of a bunch of teams, why do you need to get these you know kids so much earlier? Why not just wait a month until our season's over, and then have the draft, and then you know figure out what you want to do from there. Whether you want to send them off to play, whether you want to give them time off, you want to send them straight to instructional league, and you know I I think that's where we're trending just because the finances you know all over the world or Upside down. And I don't think the, the some of these minor league teams are going to be able to make it.
0: If you ruled the world, would you say just put it after the College World Series, though? Yeah, absolutely. In yeah. fact, yeah. I'd do it literally right after
3: you know the last game. Do it that next day. You can or you know that the final game generally falls on that Monday. If you go three games in the championship series, literally do it right there on that Tuesday. You know the ones that um, are going to be high picks. Um, You know, they stay out. If their team makes Omaha, they stay over a few extra nights. They're there, and you have a – you know, just like they do with the NFL and NBA drafts, have the guys that you're pretty sure are going to be high picks, have them there in their coat and tie and
0: uh, announce it and speak
3: with them and, and do it right.
0: You mentioned the instructional leagues. When you talk about the Cape and that, you know, summer ball stuff, is, is all that just completely on hold because nobody knows what this is going to look like? Or are you having – or is the cape out there saying, well, I want to get this guy and that guy? I mean, are those conversations even going on right now?
3: No, not at all. I mean, those, all that stuff's done way early. You know, guys are signed up and um, things along those lines. But there's no communication at all with summer ball guys. There's no sense in it.
0: Yeah. Looking forward to the fall, and at this point, obviously – we're locked down basically for the next month at least. And who knows when we'll actually go back to whatever the new normal is and back to competing in college and pro athletics again. But assuming that we're back and the fall semester starts on time and you get into fall ball and we're doing fall sports, there's been some talk about playing a lot more games in the fall. And, and I don't know if that would be making up for what you missed this year or if that would count next, against next spring. But what's your thoughts on that or where do you stand or what's the latest on that?
3: i we've got a, you know, coaches, group text going with some guys in ACC and SEC, and we all bounce ideas and basically trying to all keep our sanity, you know, and that's what we're all really going to push for is let us play 20 games. What's the big deal? You know, everything's on buses, we're not going to pull them out of school. We play twice a weekend. Um, let us play 20, you know, just because if there's going to be such a long time off and there's no summer ball. and you know, then let us play 20 games during the fall. And, um, you know, it would be fun. And you can tie it into football weekends. And, uh, you know, I, I think it would be, it'd be good because the skills diminish, unfortunately, like we discussed earlier. And you don't want to go that amount of time without, you know, honing your skills.
0: 20 games that would be an additional, in other words, so you wouldn't take away from what you play next spring. That would just be 20 games. Right. And- and you don't care from what you're talking about. You don't care about whether they count on your record or not. You just want to play the games, get your team better.
3: Yeah, just who cares, you know, just play 20 games. And just don't worry about, you know, no, it doesn't count against your 56. But just to get guys back into it, because I just hate the, the thought of, you know, somebody taking such a long period of time, they can't get it back, you know, because it's, 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 a, it's a weird. That's why you got to do it over and over and over. And um, I think it'd be good for everybody
0: talking with Mike Martin, Jr. Meet. We'll wrap up here in just a, in a couple minutes. In terms of recruiting right now, what are you allowed to do? Obviously, there's no on-campus visits. You're not doing official visits. But uh, I, I think, you know, and I'm, I'm media, but just in terms of speaking more as a general fan, you know, is it dead? Is it contact period? Can you text? Can you call? What are you allowed to do right now?
3: Yeah, we're dead. All, all you can do is call and text uh, the juniors and seniors. Uh, you can field calls from the underclassmen. Um, you know, they're, it's basically the same, you know, thing to everybody. It's just, sorry, bud, I don't know. You know, people are scrambling going, oh, my gosh, you know, what, what about my scholarship and how am I, how's this going to work? And, you know, you, a lot of it's just, um, you know, doing everything you can to advise the kids and uh, keep their spirits up and, you know, just say, look, we're, we'll figure this thing out. You know, we're all human beings, and, but we
0: just don't know enough right now about anything. No, we really don't. It is uh, – I keep using the phrase unchartered waters, which I need to come up with something different, but that's what it is. Nobody knows. I'll finish up yeah. on this, meet. Not that you would have wanted this, but any coach, you know, you would go through a full season and then you'd, you'd self-assess, how did I do? Where could I be better? What did I do wrong? Are you able to use this downtime at all through your short sample size of 15 to 20 games, however many you coach, to, to look back and, and analyze and say, you know what, I, I need to do this a little bit better? I mean, is there any – is, is there a glass-half-full side of this for you in terms of your development as a head coach?
3: You know, that's a good question, Tom. Um, I really haven't had a chance to do that. I am big on, uh, you know, analyzing and being truthful and uh, to make yourself the best that you can be in whatever it is that you're doing. And, um, you know, and there will be a time for that. Uh, you know, the fact that we were starting to play better, uh, I think, was – Important because you can learn so much from that. When things are bad and and you're, you're losing ball games and your, you know, defense is, is horrible, but you start to pull out of it. That makes you that much stronger down the road. And we were really pounding that into our guys. And you know, just imagine, you know, where we're going to be. We're we're hanging with top five teams and we're not playing defense. Just imagine what it's going to be like when, when we are. And we're going to come out of it. And we're going to play better defense and have more confidence. And, um you know all that stuff and then some guys were slumping then we're still hanging with these guys so um you know it, it's a shame because we really felt like we could pitch and um you know play with anybody in the country and make a run at the whole thing but um you know again i haven't had a chance really to do a whole lot in regards to you know self so, uh, assessing you know my situation uh, you know I, I think our pace of play was just okay it wasn't where i wanted it to be um you know, I felt like we did a good thing in using a bunch of guys uh, that's going to be beneficial, you know, down the road. And, um, you know, just we gotta pull through this and everybody get that their clear mind back and uh, it'll be something we'll never forget, that's for sure.
0: No question about that. I hope the next time we chat we're talking about the important stuff, like which is your first lefty when you need a pinch hitter off the bench or who you're going to in the eighth inning. if They got a righty coming up, you know, the important stuff.
3: Man, that would be awesome, no doubt. Everybody wants to get back to, to normalcy, and, uh, you know, it's just, it's just crazy. It really is. Every time you think about it, it just kind of rattles your brain, like, good grief, what in the world is going on? But um, we'll keep pushing. Keep plugging away.
0: Always appreciate your time, each. Stay safe, and uh, we'll catch up down the line. Okay, Tom, thank you. Bye-bye. Mike Martin, Jr., and we'll continue with more Front Row Knowles right after this.
2: Front Row Knowles is brought to you by the Osceola, dedicated to FSU sports and fan experiences. Sign up for a free trial at theosceola.com or call 833-FSU-NEWS.
0: Front row knolls. Appreciate Mike Martin Jr. joining us. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you as we continue. And we are pleased to once again open up the Earl Bacon Agency Hotline, the Earl Bacon Agency ensuring your future together. And we have our Osceola insider with us. You can learn more about the Osceola online at theosceola.com. Say hello to Bob Ferrante. Hey Bob, how are you?
4: Good afternoon. How are you guys?
0: Doing great. It's I said this last week, Bob. It's interesting. There's no games to report on, there's no game stories. But there continues to be an awful lot of behind-the-scenes details, and basically nobody knows the answers to any of them because they evolve and they change daily. What was your initial thought when the ruling came down earlier this week that spring sports seniors, spring sports student-athletes, period, were all going to be granted an extra year of eligibility if they were so inclined to take the NCAA up on that?
4: I think – People are pleasantly surprised. That was, you know, kind of the feedback I got from the American Baseball Coaches Association. They had hoped that this might go through so that everybody, regardless of if you're a freshman, a junior, a senior, you could have the chance to come back. We knew seniors would have that chance. I think what's important from a baseball standpoint to underscore is if you were a junior in twenty twenty, you're a junior in twenty twenty one, you're not losing your chance to come back. But also, you still have that, that leverage in the Major League Baseball draft, so you won't be losing money. And that's very important, I think, because juniors are very cognizant about being their money year. I'm very encouraged that this decision was made. I think the challenge now, though, is on the administrators across the country. How do you fund this? How do you make sure there's enough money For in baseball, these partial scholarships in all the other sports, a lot of them are full scholarships. This will be a burden on families, too, as it was reminded to me, you know, think about a a half scholarship. Well, essentially, one semester is being paid by a family and one by the university. So these are challenges I think everyone's going to share in how it all comes together. I do question how many seniors might come back a lot of moving pieces here, but I think it was a very encouraging decision on Monday that's really in the best interest of the student athlete.
1: Bob, you mentioned the funding and where the money comes from. That also leads to another story that has gotten legs and uh, is becoming not much talked about, and that is, will there, be, will there be a college football season in the fall?
4: This has become a really big topic in college athletics in the last probably two weeks, And I think the immediate answer is, let's wait and see at least a couple more months. I think there's been a lot of stories that have quoted coaches and athletic directors, and they've stated very candidly that there's a good chance that the season won't happen. But I think those stories aren't really addressing solutions. And I think that's where college athletics directors have to be very creative. What solutions are there? When can you get football players back on campus to have an abbreviated camp? Maybe it's three weeks. Can you do it, say, September 1 instead of August 1? Do you start the college football season in October? Can you play into 2021? Can you play a regular season game in January? These are a lot of questions that I think might raise eyebrows traditionally because we just don't think of the college football season that way. There's a lot of things to be worked out, especially like the Big Ten schools, and they're going to be playing in very cold weather into potentially December if we're trying to jam in an 11-game or 12-game season. We have to think about various solutions, playing in dome stadiums, playing maybe in empty stadiums. It's, it's a lot of big question marks. Like the bottom line is financially, college athletics needs to have a college football season so that we can fund every sport. Now, I think that's the goal that everybody's going to try and figure out. How can we make that happen?
0: I think that is the multi million dollar question, Bob. As we've had, I've, I continue to see headlines that maybe there won't be a football season. Kirk Herbstreet made some news for his response on Twitter to somebody's question. But I'm, I'm where you are. I just don't see the path forward if, you do, if you're not able to generate the revenue that comes in with college football.
4: I think it's very concerning what would happen and and we can play out that scenario, but maybe that's for another time down the road and we're a little bit closer to those decisions being made. I think the realistic scenario is that football television contracts and ticket revenue amounts to, I've heard reportedly 80% of an athletic department budget. So in in that discussion, football has to happen. Even if we're talking about six, eight, ten regular season games, some amount of college football needs to take place. And really, to me, it's a question of when and how can we safely do it? Again, do you use dome stadiums? Do you play in maybe warm weather cities? Do the Big Ten teams have to go to Florida or Arizona, for example? I think anything realistically is on the table as we have this discussion of making sure that some amount of college football is played just so that we're not hurting all of the other sports that all the colleges have to put out there on the field.
1: Hey Tommy, our idea about playing spring games against other institutions, maybe we play four or five games
0: in April or May next year. Well, you kid Keith, but there has to be a way to generate some of the, these these dollars and bring them back. And again, we're all hypothesizing on the unknown right now because we don't know when will things be back to normal. I'd like to think that the fall semester will go on as scheduled and that we'll be out of this and and things will come back, but as of right now, the state schools, at least FSU in Florida, I think UCF, I mean they've all canceled the first part of their summer classes so there's going to be no students on campus earliest until late June. And it won't be too long until those, until those universities sit down and make a decision if they're just going to cancel. When I say cancel school, I mean make it remote. There's still classes going on. But it won't be too long until Florida State has to decide whether or not they want to have summer session C in person or if that's going to be virtual as well, Bob. And that goes to your point, point. and I don't know the answer to this, how long does it take to make sure that players or any student athletes are properly conditioned and acclimated for their sport?
4: I think that's a, that's a great question for, you know, say in Forest States case, a uh, uh, Josh storms, their strength and conditioning coach. I think he might argue that you would even want a longer camp. You would want more than say four weeks, four and a half weeks. I could argue that you want five, maybe even six once you get everybody on campus, but is that going to be available to coaches is the time frame going to be too tight especially for northern schools are going to try and beat the weather to get some of these games in i think maybe what we have to prepare for is a scenario where there's not a 12 game regular season you know perhaps one of the ideas that's been floated is there's only going to be playing conference games and in florida state's case that means you're removing a, a west virginia and a florida and a boise and that's really unfortunate but i think again the greater scenario is we have to figure out a solution and figure out how many games it makes sense but to also do it safely how do you build in a bye week so that guys aren't just wearing out and getting injured because they're trying to play too many games within a tight time frame this is really when we all say it's an unprecedented scenario but but that's truly what it is and i think we just have to kind of get everybody at the table and figure out you know what's safe for everyone for the player, for the coach, for the fans, and then how do we just make sense out of all of it? How do we we execute this game plan, so to speak?
0: We're talking with Bob Ferrante, our Osceola insider. You can subscribe online at theosceola.com, $6.95 a month, $74.95 for one year. You guys have been busy at the Osceola. I know you had a video chat with athletics director David Coburn. That's on your website now. Apparently, you're also going to be chatting with video chatting with some of the football coaches. Why don't you give us the lay of the land there? And I hate to say how you're passing the time, but (laughs) that's what we're all doing until we actually have a between the lines game to report on.
4: Yeah, it's been kind of a new world. I think for everybody, you know, I think a lot of people probably know this, but all the interviews at Florida state do not take place in person anymore. They're either teleconferences. A lot of them have taken place over zoom, which you know, has both audio and video capabilities for us to talk with with coaches and administrators. And I think that's been a, a wonderful lifeline for us to be able to keep connected with people who, you know, again, if they're an assistant coach at, at Florida State, they're working from home just like like all of us are now. So it's really been, been interesting to still kind of keep in contact with all these people and, and understand how they're going about doing their jobs, how they're communicating with athletes, how they're, Encouraging good nutrition and and to stay conditioned, and you know again keeping on student athletes with their homework. The academic advisors, I know David Coburn mentioned this. You know when he and Jerry talked, the advisors are are working as hard as anyone to try and get
3: um, you know
4: students reacclimated to you know distance learning, and and I think almost everyone in that age group is really familiar with it, but there are, you know, stresses and and difficulties associated with it. And they're trying to be there to answer those questions and to kind of lend a helping hand. So it's really been interesting just to talk to people and and kind of get, you know, a view of what they're doing, how they're solving these challenges.
1: Guys, it's the age old thing. And Tommy, you and I've talked about this. If, If you have somebody to work out with to push you and you push them, You're going to be much better in the gym or on the track or whatever you're doing. The same thing applies to academics. You know, it's easy to blow off a a, a class that you don't have to get up and physically go to. And more importantly, if you're sitting there listening to it, because I'm having to deal with it with my class, there's reduced opportunity to entertain questions, to get a read for the group from an instructor standpoint as to whether they're grasping the material Or just merely raising your hand and saying, I didn't understand that. What do you mean? And those opportunities are reduced. So that, that poses its own challenges, both physically and academically.
0: I agree, Keith. And I'm seeing it just in terms of working from home. On the surface, working from home sounds great. But there's not the separation of church and state, if you will, for lack of a better term. So in some respects, I feel like I'm always at work. And there's distractions that you have when you're working from home that you don't have if you're at the office. And to your point, if you're in the weight room, you're dialed in, you're supposed to be lifting weights. If you're on the field, that's what you're focused on. But now it's all kind of blended together and it's hard to know when does working stop and family time start or working out begin. And that's just all the new world, you know, order that we're in.
4: I think that's, that's part of the stress. Maybe that's that we're having. We have to figure out, how do we manage our time better? How do we move into a certain room so that we accomplish a task that we need to? And I was talking with FSU baseball assistant Mike Metcalf on uh, Friday and he said, you know, he thought that the baseball players were acclimating well and that for the most part he reminded me that if you're a division one athlete, you are self motivated, and he emphasized that a few times. You have to know and you have to take care of yourself as far as nutrition and conditioning. And you have to just find ways to work out, find time to work out. so and we have to hope that families are helping too. You know, Can mom and dad help as far as cooking healthy meals? Can they help as far as encouraging you know workout? Hey, can we, do you want to run together? do you want to do something you know as a family? And maybe maybe that's the support group moving forward. So we're all trying to find you know again, what, what's the solution moving forward for all of us?
0: Switching gears, Bob, I know you guys caught up with Devin Vassell recently. A couple of weeks ago, we were holding out hope, really fantasizing that maybe one of these two guys would come back for FSU basketball. Wasn't surprised at all to see that both Devin and Patrick Williams moved on. What did you glean from the conversation with Devin Vassell in terms of his next step in life, which at some point will be professional basketball, but obviously we don't know when the draft is or what their season is going to look like either
4: it's going to be really tough for guys like devin and patrick and trent because you know those those pre nba combines those chicago and and portsmouth massachusetts invitationals they're not going to happen i think it's going to be a lot of video workouts um, from what i understand it's going to be a lot of you know skype and zoom interviews between players and the prospective nba teams those are new challenges i think for guys who are probably they would probably prefer Prefer to meet with people face to face, and I think that contact will be lost. I, I think Devin, you know, particularly, I think he was torn initially because of how the season ended. He wanted to get into the NCAA tournament and see how long this this team could make a run. But when he talked to a lot of, you know, a lot of coaches and a lot of family members, I think they encouraged him to go. I think Leonard Hamilton was a good resource there, as far as using his connections within the NBA and and those scouts, those GMs, are able to tell Devin, here's what we saw when we scouted you throughout the year, the positives, the negatives, what you need to work on. And I think Devin got some positive feedback that he he's likely a first-round type. Now, how that plays out, who knows, because there's always those Europeans. Every summer, when we see the draft, there's a bunch of European players that we've never heard of, we've never seen, and they take up a good chunk of the first round. When I look at the upside of Denver Cell, that all court game, at the defense, the distribution ability, the jump shot. He feels like a guy who's very valuable to teams. And I think, I think he feels like a first round pick, but I think teams will see right away the high character kid, a guy who's a sponge, who absorbs the game, and he's well worth drafting, I think. Well, guys, at least we can count
1: on the NFL to give us a draft, even if they don't do pro days or individual workouts. We do know there'll be something to do on TV for a three-day period, and and I think coming from Las Vegas. Way to go, NFL. We can count on them.
4: The NFL has shown no desire to change any of its plans. I think it's um, somewhat eyebrow-raising in that regard where they held free agency and the whole – um, Brady ordeal, taking up the news cycle for what seemed like forever. It's the same situation, I think, for a lot of these NFL prospects, guys like Cam Akers and Stanford Samuels and Levante Taylor. You know, they're going to have to do a lot of video workouts. I did see on, on social media that Levante had a lot of cameras at his, you know, kind of closed workout where, you know, those videos were going out to NFL teams. And it's tough for those guys who are the fringe draft picks, because a guy like Levante, he really needed a pro day or a personal workout to kind of strengthen that, you know, that's the guy that we should go after late, maybe fifth round, sixth round, seventh round. And he doesn't have that. So again, he's going to have to build that relationship over a video chat or somebody's going to have to watch his pro day workout over video. So it's it's a very difficult scenario, but the NFL is pushing forward with that late April draft. And you can question if that's the right decision or not, but the NFL feels like that's what they need to do.
0: Bob, appreciate your insight as always. Keep up the good work and tell Jerry and Patrick and company that uh, the Front Row Knowles guys said hello.
4: Thanks, guys. Take care and stay safe.
0: He is our Osceola insider, Bob Ferrante. Keith and I will wrap up this week's show right after this. Stay with us. I little runaway. I was flying.
2: Ron Row Knowles on 97.9 ESPN Radio is presented by Hobson Chevrolet of Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Now, back to Tom and Keith.
0: Tom and KJ with you as we finish up. Keith, it continues to be surreal times as we navigate these waters and try to figure out what's next I still in my mind I just can't picture the no football season now I understand if the pandemic is continues to escalate and that's where we are I understand at some point it would have to go away but I I really do think that the powers that be are going to look at every possible scenario so that they can bring some dollars in somehow And in my mind, that would even include if you had to cancel the season, but you still found a way for FSU and Florida to go play a game somewhere on a neutral site, raise dollars or raise interest. I mean, everything's on
1: the yeah, I think any of those are scenarios that you have to entertain. Uh, I think if you say to yourself, well, we can't play a season unless we can play 12 games – You've, you've backed yourself into a corner. You, you've got to be creative. We've got to get outside of the box, outside of the lines. Because I'm telling you, and we don't like to have this conversation, this is not the fun part of it, but if you don't have that revenue from football, you're not going to have potential. I think Coburn was talking about, you know, Florida State had the potential for three national championships in the spring between men's football, or excuse me, men's basketball, track, and the beach volleyball team. Well, you're not going to have track and beach volleyball if football isn't played because it's the driver of the income. Uh, so I think being creative, obviously, obviously being safe, uh, doing it appropriately has got to be the overriding um, reasons uh, to, to change tradition, but we've got to find a way to do something or it is going to be a very, very difficult financial uh, backstop for Florida State and other athletic departments, period, the end.
0: Okay, here's how we move it forward, Keith. I've got the idea. It has just come to me. But 1st right, I'm listening. We need to say, and we've only got a couple more minutes, I always get the great ideas when we can't develop them. So I've got all week to come up with why this will is a really good idea or a really bad one. Uh, this is a good idea, though. Go uh, call Ron and his knowledgeable staff at Cornerstone Tool and Faster, whatever the do-it-yourself project is that you're working on. They can take care of your needs, a couple locations to choose from, uh, they've been longtime supporters of the program, and uh, they will help you and yours take care of uh, whatever your challenges and uh, do it yourself projects are. Here's one. Can we still call them honeydews? Can we call them honeydews? I think so. I think so. Okay. Okay. Yes, dear. It's the yes, dear list. Um, here's what I was thinking, Keith. If we get to a scenario where you're only playing conference games, we already know that college football, when they determine the polls and the playoff rankings and all that, it's all a beauty contest, right? You're putting 10 people in a room. Well, if you've only played conference games, don't you have to do something different? Can you still have a beauty contest and say that teams one through four nationally are all in the SEC when they haven't played anybody outside of the SEC? Can we finally get to a point where we could just say, let's take the conference champion and we'll evolve it to a playoff that wasn't decided on by a committee? This is the win in the situation, Keith. This is where we need to go.
1: You and I have made the argument, me more than you, that a conference championship is valuable and should be an AQ, automatic qualifier, just like in basketball, so I like the idea. Let's put it forward.
0: Well, I'm just saying when you look at it, the Oregon losing the Auburn game comes back months later when you're trying to figure out who should be in the top four because Oregon gets dinged for losing to Auburn. If you've never played those non-conference games, hey, this is the scenario. You've got to take the five – Power Five champions. The only subjectivity you could add is taking the group of five team, whoever you deem the best, and go to a sixteen playoff.
1: I was going to say, well, let's go to an eighteen. Let's go ahead and put the eight team in under uh, circumstances, play it out, see how it works, and see if we want to adopt it full time. That way, Obviously. you'll have three consecutive weeks of games that really mean something.
0: Well, and that is an interesting point as well. Normally, we take the month of December off. If we didn't start football till October, maybe we're playing all through December. You know the bowls and TV are going to want the inventory. The bowls are going to want their games.
1: Plus, if you're into December and you've got limited number of teams, you can assign them to, to, to um, stadiums, indoor stadiums, where the weather doesn't have as big an effect and everybody gets happy.
0: Well, once again, we've thrown out the solution. We'll see how long the powers that be take till they uh, listen to this recording of Front Row Knowles and decide that's where we need to go with this. Keith, I think we're at... Our track record is not good. Our track record is not good in that regard, though, Tommy. You didn't have to disclose that information to the general public. Could've- Oops, sorry. We'll, uh, where we need to go right now is to say goodbye. We'll do this again next week. Keith, I've heard some, some pressure that maybe we should reconvene in the annex studios of Prime Meridian Bank, a.k.a. my driveway next week. We'll see if we can properly social distance and make that happen. Be safe, KJ. You do the same, Tommy. Folks, thanks for tuning in. We'll talk to you next week on Front Run Holes.
2: We don't need no control. No dark sarcasm in the classroom. there